Whatever it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. What is going on? I am Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave. Got a big show today. Got my man Zilla Rocket to talk about his new album, Vegas Vic. But before we do that, let's get into some sponsor stuff. Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything from the streets to the peaks. DB's gears travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or totes. And, you know, especially now the traveling starting to come back. You can't put everything in an overhead. You got to have some DB equipment with you to make sure you get everything to where you're going and back. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10 or going to the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on. Time to get going. Happy Friday the 13th. You're listening to the Infinite Banter Podcast. Once again, this is Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave. And I guess depending on what day you're playing this, it might not be Friday the 13th. It might be more like Tuesday the 17th or whatever whatever day I pop this up on the internet where you could play it. But I'm recording this on Friday the 13th. So shout out to my man Jason Voorhees, my favorite horror icon of all time. I think at the end of the, the show here, maybe I'll, I'll throw a couple little Jason nuggets at you guys just because I'm such a fan of that dude and of the horror genre in general. But definitely Friday the 13th probably explains a lot about my, you know, my, my mental state. That I like a dude who doesn't like campers. Because I don't like camping either. Want to give a big shout out to my last guest, Shaw Calhoun. Go check out his album, The Rudy Tape. Had a great time talking with him. Definitely, if you have not heard that episode, go back and check it out. Play some songs from that album and talk about, you know, old 70s black cinema and Rudy Ray Moore and a lot, a lot of cool stuff. Talk about the NBA and, you know, a lot of things have happened in the offseason for the Bulls and other teams as well. So definitely check that out. Today's show, we got Wrecking Crew's own Zilla Rocket. He's been on the show now three times. That's an exclusive club. My man M. Doc Diego is in that club. My man DJ Real One, Jason Griff. Yeah, that's it. That, that, that's four people. There's a few in the, in the two-timers club, but uh, we'll, we'll see who could be in the next three-timers. Maybe we might even get a four-timer in here. Also want to announce that the show is now hosted meaning that's the main place it's distributed from, is on Spreaker.com. So definitely everybody listening, I implore you to go to Spreaker. But whatever platforms you're listening to, keep doing it there. But Spreaker is the main source for this show going forward. So shout out to Spreaker and everybody listening. You can check it out on all platforms. Nothing has changed, but Spreaker is the main spot where the show will now be distributed. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk to Zilla Rocka, play a couple songs from his new album, Vegas Vic. And I was just saying, you can find the show on all digital platforms, and you can find the show on all social media places like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Infinite Banter Podcast. Go on YouTube, type in Infinite Banter, you'll find clips from past guests. Go on Podchaser, go on Apple Podcasts, rate and review the show. And like I said, let's get into it. Let's talk to my man Zilla Rock. I had a lot of fun talking with him. Talked a lot of sports, which is, again, I say this every time I do talk about sports. It's never planned, but when I do it, I'm definitely up for it and excited to do it. So looking forward to uh, playing that for you guys. And you can hear us talk about uh, Bears Bad Quarterbacks and Vegas Vic, his new album. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. So I had a lot of fun talking with him. Let's get into it. The one and only Zilla Rocket is on the Infinite Banter podcast. But before we do anything, this shall never begin to the one and only that dude who wears glasses so he can see DMC says this right here. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me. 
DMC to K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. All right, let's kick off the Infinite Banter podcast with a song off that new album from Zilla Rocka. The album is called Vegas Vic. The song right here, $5 God, featuring the one and only DJ Chong Wizard. His cuts are precise on this one. Man, this is a banger. This is how you kick off the album right here. Real banger to kick off the album. So here we go. Before we talk to Zilla Rocka, let's go ahead and play that joint. $5 God featuring DJ Chong Wizard on the Infinite Banter podcast. And on the other side of this, we'll talk to the man himself, Zilla Rocka, a.k.a. Vegas Vic. $5 God, let's go. Yo, my mother said stay away from rabbits, too dangerous Go to school and put some money in your savings But I was thrilled seeking little Dick Grayson Shoplifting silk boxer shorts and big razors Small time crooks who nibble on the edges My man who did the most dirt and father was a reverend We were so young, we'll hit tomorrow in a second I throw heat like random bar, now you just catch it Used to drown my sorrows by the bottle in the drawers from the liquor store My man, 35, eating cheesesteaks and bowlies, mozzarella And yo, he take a lip to him why, the South Philly diet gonna kill us all What, donuts is federal, cold cut cholesterol Never had one raw vegetable So when the soda tax came like a wrecking ball Man, we clinging to the things that's gonna dead us all Less is more, always do more and say less Less is more, always do more and say less And when you want tour, your freestyle is the best And when you come home, your whole life is a mess Destination addiction You had it all like KD You moved and still fiction Us millennials will never be Christians Only place our faith in statistics We think the universe and the secret is gonna fix it We took God and remixed it No one wanna worship no five dollar God Kick away the ladder when you make it to the top The flames you don't wanna stoke It's like fighting with your mother though Man it makes you learn some things you don't wanna know I can't get back what I lost I'm living off experience and education never comes free, I paid the cost And by youth I committed black deeds, but I'm growing now No Sunday nights drinking low and brown Head hurts like a caffeine drink, Joe now Shout the rap dads, this is what they know about Less is more, always do more and say less Less is more, always do more and say less When you want tour, your freestyle is the best When you come home, your whole life is a mess It's the G-O-D Where's your get em? Just some old hood. Yo, what's up? Alex DeVico of InsubordinateRecords.com. I mean, just InsubordinateRecords, but also .com. And you're here listening to Infinite Banter with my man, DJ Soundwave. 
You're tuned into the Infinite Banter Podcast. Right now, I'm joined by an MC, a producer. He's been on the show. This is his third time, so it's exclusive company right here. His yeah. new album. Yeah, Vegas Vic is out right now, straight from Philly, the one and only Zilla Rocker. What's up, man? What's going on? I feel like John Paxson out here, man. Three P. There it is. Yeah, yeah. John Paxson, uh, Bill Cartwright, trying to think who else. Dennis Rodman. Was was uh, Scott Williams on all three teams? He was on the first three Pete. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talked about I think I talked about this on the last couple episodes. Uh there were two three Pete's. The only right. two guys who were on both teams, besides the coaching staff, was Jordan and Pippen. The rest were completely different dudes, right. not on any of the other uh three Pete's. Yeah, it was crazy. Just uh Paxson was on the first one and then you had Steve Kerr who kind of played the Paxson role right. on the second yes. three Pete. Yeah, because I remember the Sixers got tricked into giving Scott Williams a ton of money coming off the three Pete, like he was a real contributor. Uh-oh. So <laughs> we gave him like an insane contract, you know, on very bad Sixers teams. And then later, he was on the Bucks when Iverson played them in the, uh, I think, the second round of the 01 playoffs. And Scott Williams hit him with like a cheap shot and he bruised Iverson's tailbone. Iverson was supposed to miss six weeks. He missed like oh, one game. Oh, wow. Yeah, shout out to Scott Williams. That's snake. <laughs> He was that dude who'd come off the bench and get like that really big dunk for the highlight reel, and you're like, man, this dude's yes. a beast. But right. he would only score like four points, a, you know, a game. He wasn't really that. He just yes. had that energy. He was that energy guy. Yes, as he did on the Sixers when we gave him whatever, like seven million for like for two years, or whatever. We gave him back in the day. It was an overpay. <laughs> yeah, I remember a couple of my favorite Bulls were on the Sixers. Elton Brand ended up there eventually, and yeah. um, um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Jimmy Butler. Our, oh yeah, we we, we use our amnesty claw on Elton Brand. And then we decided as a team that we didn't want to keep Jimmy Butler because he made Brett Brown sad and he made he made Ben Simmons a salty hoe. So then we fired Brett Brown and we're going to trade Jim. I mean, trade Ben Simmons. So we could have just kept Jimmy, who right. was accurate, and that hey, your coach and your star player are weak. And we were like, no, nah, that's not true. And he was correct. The same way he was in Minnesota. He right. just Jimmy Butler walks in. He's like, these dudes are soft. Everyone's like, no, and then the team sucks when he leaves. And he's only done that like seven times now, so, you know. Yeah, he's, he's right, though. Like, he's an <laughs> asshole, but he's correct. Leave, leaving teams in this wake uh, of softness. How are the Come Sixers, on, man? man? I, the Bulls did a lot of retooling, man. Uh, how do Sixers look for next year? Um, Like I've been saying to Griff, I've been texting Griff. I said, look, Zach Levine on the USA team just reached his first ever four-game winning streak in his professional career. Ouch. My man's never won four games in a row in the NBA. So you take you take Ben Simmons, right? You give us Zach, okay? We'll give you Ben. <laughs> ben has won. Ben's rookie year, he won 15 in a row. He wins 50 games every year. So, you know, the way your team's built now, you guys, you know, you had a nice little offseason. You might win 40 games this year. Nah. You take Ben. You take Ben Simmons, right? Three-time All-Star. All-NBA 2020. He was the runner-up of defensive player. You guys can't defend anybody. No one can play defense on your whole roster. Uh, no, and it's not going to change. So in the NBA, where everyone can score 120 points, you need someone to help you only let them score 110, but that's Ben Simmons. So just give us Zach Levine. We'll take him off your hands. You don't want to give him that extension anyway. That's why you signed DeMar DeRozan. He, he's your fallback. So just give us give us Levine. Just you straight up? On this deal. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. Ben. Wow, that sounds you're, like such you know, a great deal. How could you say no a, to that? It's a great deal. It's a yeah. Ben's on, under contract yeah. for four more years. He's only 24. You know what I mean? You you want that? That's a really good deal for you. You can play off Vucevic. <laughs> Get out of here. You go in the paint. Vucevic shoots the three. All right, man. Well, then have fun in the playoff, in the playing game again. We're, that's what we're aiming for. That's what we want. Yeah. Wait, way to yeah. go. Ben, ben was a number one seed team last year. You're, you're excited to be a playing team. 
Come on, bro. Make make the move. It's pretty bad. Put yourself in a mirror. Come on. We what were excited to, to maybe bring Derrick Rose back. That's how bad things have gotten here. I was excited to bring in Reggie Jackson to be my point guard. That's how bad things have got here. He went back to the Clippers. Yeah. Man. So listen, let's just do the deal, all right? Yeah. I think it's a good deal. Both teams make out. You know what? I have a direct line to the Bulls management. I'm sure they'll listen to me. I'll just forward right, this well, to them, and they'll be like, hey, what are we talking? Why, why have we not done this yeah. deal already? This should have already been done. Look, Ben's got a lot of social media followers. He's going to up your profile a little bit. That's a good look for you. You need that. No, one, <laughs> yeah, no, one, yeah. no, one's, no one's rocking Bulls gear out here anymore beyond the old retro shit. So, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, you don't see a lot of, like, you know, Kirk Heinrich jerseys. So, yeah, after the Jordan nah. era, it, it kind of stopped. You don't see Chris Duhon out here with the shirt. <laughs> Chris <jersey. Duhon. laughs> you don't see that. Hell no. <laughs> Never. Man. You walk around Philly. A lot of Ben Simmons. I own one. All the kids got Ben Simmons. He's marketable, fam. I'm, I'm just saying. Chris trying to help Duhon. You, out. you said Chris Duhon. That's great, dude. Did. Duhon. That's hilarious. Bump. He was good that first year, and then I don't remember anything that happened with him after that. He was good at Duke. He, he was like a standard NBA backup. Right. He's just a league standard backup. That's it. Played for 10 years. You don't remember anything. I love that try-hard like, team with Gordon and <laughs> Duhon and Nocioni. You know who he was? He was like carrying on, on a tradition of like Doug Overton in the 90s. Jesus. You're like, did he play for my team? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Man. You know who probably likes the Sixers? It's Vegas Vic because you know he probably puts some money on them every year. And sometimes he's uh-huh. not looking so great. No. Well, yeah. Especially not against Atlanta. <laughs> Definitely not against Atlanta. That was a, that was a bad loss. Man, you still feeling that one a little bit? No, I I just admired the Hawks. Yeah, I admired them. They they walked into being the uh, underdog in every series and took Game One on the road in New York, Philly, and Milwaukee. I I got respect that. None of those guys have ever been there either. It's incredible. Yeah, man. Well, at least you got the Phillies coming up a little bit, so maybe they can uh, overtake that. Yeah, they're balling out. You guys had the the corn the corn husk game last night. That was crazy. Yeah, Field of Dreams game. Yeah, did you wow. watch that? That was that was yeah. uh, something, man. You had a a big comeback from both teams at the end, and the yep. White Sox. I'm not a Sox fan, so I had no emotion tied to whatever okay. happened in that game. I'm a Cub fan, which means my team is complete dog shit right now. Oof. They Oof. just they just said here's here's the core of our championship. We're just getting rid of all of it. Yeah, and, that's right. And we, now, need, we don't need Chris Bryant. We don't need Rizzo. We're good. No, we don't need Javi Baez, like one of the most electric players in the game. <laughs> nah, nah. We'll, just, we'll just we'll just find another one. They're just so easy to find. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so easy, you know, drafts. rebuilding it. It only took them a hundred years to do this, so yeah, they, they should do it pretty easy. I'm I'm so excited for another. Yo, shout, to, shout to the Cubs because you really think about it, like what what is the, the actual statistical probability of taking a hundred fucking years to win a title? Oh, geez. literally a hundred <laughs> years in a row. <laughs> You lose. Vegas Vic knows that. God, you can't do that. That's, that's unbelievable. Like, a hundred years straight, you can't win? That's amazing. But, yeah. You, know, you got the monkey off your back. Shout out to you guys. Well, that one, and I always talk about this one, too, with the Bears. Uh, first of all, shout out for t- talking sports right off the bat. I didn't even know that was coming, but I love it. I love it. The Bears haven't had a good quarterback, essentially, in my lifetime. You would think, nah, math- mathematically, you would think they would have just lucked into some dude. So hopefully this Listen, guy they drafted is... As, as, as a lifelong Chicago Bears fan raised in South Philadelphia, talking to my father about that. Um, you know, we had Eric Kramer and, and Jay Cutler. Yeah, 95. Eric Kramer lit it up, man. Kramer, yo, Curtis Conway, Jeff Graham. Dude, Rashawn Salam, fumbling balls. Rashawn, but, yeah. 31. Come on, man. Hey, Jay Cutler's the best. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jay Cutler, at his worst on the Bears, was like the 15th best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. 
right? So he's the perfectly average quarterback. And well, right, he, got, he has an NFC title game with playing with a broken leg or whatever it was. And what's sad is that Cutler has like all the quarterback records, and he was a complete because because they had nobody because <laughs> they haven't had anybody. I, I, that's what I'm saying. But so so I'm saying is he who, who are you gonna say? You think Caleb Haney's better than him? Caleb Haney, wow. Moses Moreno, that's my dude. Moses does. Moreno, come on now. Shane Matthews, <laughs> you know I'm you know Peter Tom Willis at day one. <laughs> you don't even know about Peter Tom Willis. Uh, I, I unfor- unfortunately I do. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Tom Zach is like the fifth best quarterback in Bears history. Mike oh, Tom Zach. Yeah, right behind Jim Harbaugh and Shane yes. Walsh. Oh, Jim Harbaugh. Or Steve wow. Walsh, what that guy's name is. I don't Steve know. Walsh, yeah. Shane Matthews. Jim, Jim Miller. Miller had like yeah. had like a month where he looked ill. He was on steroids too. Didn't he get busted with steroids? <laughs> after he's a, he's a after uh, Hugh Douglas put him into the dirt <laughs> in, in that uh, playoff game, he just Buried that motherfucker, and then that dude couldn't play yeah. again after that. Yo, you got to have Billy Woods on because he, he can just talk to you about the ineptitude of the Bears franchise for an hour and a half. Oh man, well I'm, He's I'm the best dude. Just you just DM him and be like, "Yo, can you just come talk Bears with me for an hour and a half? We'll do it." <laughs> man, you don't even talk Alchemist and Arm and Hammer. He'll just talk Bears with you. Who wants to talk about that Forever. stuff when you've got inept Bears quarterbacks to talk about for mm. eternity? You're still talking about Sid Luckman here, and that dude, I don't even know what he looks Luckman. like. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I don't even think there's color on TV. When he was <laughs> so terrible. I think, I think the world was black and white when he was balling. Jesus, throwing dude. for like 110 yards. And Jesus I, Christ. I can't front because I'm a left-hander. When they try after Cade McNown, I was like, here we go. A lefty's oh, yeah. gonna come in here and wreck shop, and you know. Ugh. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I saw Cade McNown in 2001 in Soldier Field preseason. They were playing the Bengals. He looked horrible. And all the fans were like, are you fucking kidding me with this guy? He sucks. <laughs> and then that was the year they balled out with like Shane Matthews, Jay, Jim, all those bumps. They all went crazy. They had a three-headed James monster. Yeah, 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 James Allen had a great year that year. Erlacher. Yeah, Marcus yeah, Robinson. I'm trying to think who else is on that team. I had his jersey. I got the I had the orange Marcus Robinson jersey. I still have a, a white 88 in my uh, jersey. I have an Erlacher one, but I'll never wear that shit because he's a psychopath these days. So I'm... I mean, what do you expect? He's from New Mexico. <laughs> That's true. What do you expect? Like, you think these dudes like well-rounded, like thoughtful people? No, no. I didn't, I, I always thought he was an idiot, but I didn't think he was that kind of idiot. Like you know, there's. Oh, yeah. I thought he was just like football like guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chester. I, I got like three of his jerseys, so whatever. It happens. It happens. Oh man. What are you gonna do? No, you just you just it on Sundays and hope that something different Should've happens. I got the right? Lance Briggs joint, the 55. That was my man. That, that orange one would have been slick, man. I should, that would be yeah, the one to get. Tillman. And Peanut Tillman. Too. Punching That's balls. That's all I did. Pause. <laughs> People, do that. People do that. I'm thinking of dips at pause. There you man. go. I'm doing a man pause game. I've been setting it up a little bit. Our man Vegas Vic, the name of your album. Sure. He knows He knows all this. He knows all the sporting books and you know where to bet. Yep. Talk about we this should. concept, man, for this album and the idea of this, this cat Vegas Vic. It's, it was like, uh, you know, it's the whole album is really about, you know, getting it like doing what you can and uh to really taking more risks honestly like that, that's the nature of the record because as we've all developed you know in in me and my, my friends and wrecking crew and our podcast called our culture it's just been more and more opportunities presenting themselves and things we weren't able to do like three four years ago are, are pretty painless and that, but that all comes from like 
taking chances, like taking risks. And, uh, you know, I, I, I see a lot of people uh, on social media, artists, artists and artists adjacent people always just kind of like wailing and moaning and gnashing their teeth about stuff. But then I think back, I'm like, you're not, you're not taking any risks. Like you're not, you're getting results because you're not putting any money up. Like you're not. I got you. Yeah. You know, like you're not, you're not doubling down on yourself. You know what I mean? So. You know, having this album out and having Shots of China Wizard, like you put on, you know, vinyl and CD and cassette and all that. Like we just, you know, we, we, did, we did such a great job with Midnight Suns last fall. Um, yeah, but this is my, thanks, man. And this this one is my first like purely solo rap album on vinyl. So I, I know he's, he took a gamble on me because I don't have, you know, like this massive uh, vinyl sales history on my own. Um, and I haven't, I haven't been able to do a lot of shows. Obviously, I just did my first show a couple weeks ago in, in Brooklyn for the first time in 15 months. So yeah, man, it's, that's the really the theme of the record. And, and PQ came through with the art, you know, with the little slot machine look and all the variant pieces and the, the red dice vinyl. So it, it really became like this incredible packaging based off like a really simple idea, you know, that I was, when I was making the songs, like, like those themes just kept coming up. It wasn't like I sat out to make, I was just making records. Once, once I got towards the end, I was like, this is kind of what the theme of the record is, which you know, I just explained. So that's, that's really the gist of it, man. Man. Talk about getting on stage. I, I can't overlook that. You just talked about how you were on stage a couple weeks ago. What was that like doing that again after how long, man? Like two years? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So the last show I did live, I think was like February, 2020. I, uh, I I did I did a couple of songs with Shrapnel. It's before the album even dropped. Um, it was in Philly. It was Shrapnel, Arm and Hammer, and More Mother. And I came on and did two songs, and then hadn't played a show since. So I I think it was June Prem show. I think it was like June 28 or something, something like that. We just did it or no, July something. So yeah, about 15, 16 months or whatever. And um, it was kind of surreal, only because it felt normal. You know what I mean? Like. All of my my New York people that I know really well in the scene up there that have always been really supportive of me, like all almost all of them came through. Uh, you know, Billy Woods did did a couple songs, um, Sketch 185 did a couple joints. Uh, Googie was there, you know, Castro myself. Then I got to meet like Fatboy Sharif, who I've been a big fan of since last year, and uh, that Cat Brain Orchestra from Trenton. Right. So it was cool, like you know, doing sound check, and you know, I was rehearsing during the week, and then you know, being there. Um, it kind of flew by, you know, it's like, I did a short set, I only did about 20 minutes, but it was all songs from this record and a couple other songs. And, uh, be, I mean, it's just, it, you just can't get that reaction like on zoom or on right. IG live. Like I've, I've done those things, you know, with just like little, little hangout sessions on those things, playing people music, and playing people leaks and shit, but actually watching people react or like tell them to do something and they do it. You know, it's, you can't get that where, you know, I'm just staring at a laptop and, little avatars and emojis are popping up right it's, it's cool but you just really can't you know you can't replicate it so i, I hope people that they're deciding to go back to shows it's everybody's decision but it was a blast man it was it was really fun and uh i'm, I'm hoping you know things stay safer and we can all just get a chance to do it again because it's, a bl- it's you really can't you can't substitute it i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it beats fire emojis. I mean, as cool as that is to get <laughs> to see hands clapping and people saying "ho" or yeah. something. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, dude. Or if you go like me, you do the volcano emoji all the time. There it is. Just I so stole that from you since you said that last time. Totally. Yeah, man. I, I, yo, I just gave that as a gem. Just use that one. You know, the fire one's a little played out. It's a little, a little too default. We gotta, we gotta elevate. Or, or just go to a show and clap your hands. There it is, <laughs> man. And uh, you, you brought up shrapnel. Did you guys do that song "Wreck Havoc" on stage? Uh, no, we, we actually couldn't only because um, they were, so Prem, Prem Rock was doing basically the bulk of his record, which he had to memorize. And then 
Curly Castro had a busted back, so he was like on stage on like a jeez, uh, like like a like a big bar stool most of the set. And then they they did um they did a couple shrapnel songs and then they did a new shrapnel song and then um yeah so they were like yeah don't don't ask us to do any of your songs on your set I'm like thanks so I just Jeez. held it down totally on my own because again it's like it's you know it's their first show too in 15 months and they gotta like recalibrate yeah and get back into it so it was it was an amazing time like we we had so much fun and uh, I I'm looking forward I mean I'm not you know I I I, I know what the temperature is like out there so. I'm I'm excited. Like if people want to book me, get at me. But I don't even know like what venues are even around anymore. That's the scariest part. I know in Chicago here, a bunch of them closed during COVID. I have no yep. idea if there's any intention of bringing them back or if it's a a, a wrap for places like uh, the Metro Congress Theater. I can name them all. The Abbey Pub. They're all gone. I don't know Damn. when or what if they're ever going to come back. Yeah. Maybe Griff might know, but I have no Griff, clue. Griff's the man on the scene. Yes, he is. He's got him. He's got records in record stores at Reckless Records, man. He's I saw best, his man. post. I'm like, wow. I've been to Reckless Records in years. It's giving me a you reason to drive back. somewhere That's besides the daycare and and work. Dude, I, I went I went to the movies. I took me and my son saw Space Jam too a couple weeks ago, and then uh, the week before that, I saw Black Widow by myself in the theater. Man, and I was like, this is the best. Like I've watched every movie in my house now and every show. Like I want to go somewhere where I'm in a dark room and I'm not looking at my phone and, and going to my fridge and pausing. And like, I want to just be immersed in the experience. So yeah, I highly recommend that. Man. It's those funny. You mentioned those two movies. Cause I've been to the movie theater twice now. And those are the two movies I saw. Nice. And you know, black widow, I took my nephew cause me and him used to watch every Marvel movie before all this shut down shit. And then yep. yeah, space jam too. You know, it's crazy. I never actually watched all of Space Jam 1, so I hope the continuity oh, thing sucks. wasn't lost on me. I, I'm assuming it's about rabbit cartoon people playing Michael Jordan and uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, first one's trash. Yeah. First one's trash. <laughs> and, trash. <laughs> it's got Bill Murray, so maybe there's a reason to watch it, but I never really... I mean, I was in college and high school, and so I didn't care about what that shit was about. It. I had Jordan on the TV regular. I didn't have to worry yes. about it. So why was I watching a movie about... Although that might have nah, been in like between was, the two championships, I don't remember the timeline. It was it, it was in between. Oh, it was he. I think he filmed it the year he came back and then got spanked by Orlando. Oh, which somehow forty five people act like people act like that's never occurred. Like he didn't. That didn't happen. Like I'm like he came back, played fifty games yeah. that year, and got beat down by Penny Hardaway and Shaq. And Horace Grant and got like, carried uh, off the the court, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Horace, right. Because he was like, a free agent, and he went to Orlando, and that he was went to the, Orlando. So he whooped their ass. Damn. But like that, everyone's like, "Yeah, but he won six titles." I'm like, "But Orlando smacked him in between." Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, that, that was 45, happened. though. That wasn't 23. I mean, he brought back the 23, didn't he? Yeah, he but yeah, but you know, you know, most of that was 45. You got to, you know, that that. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying that's what some people will say. They're like, oh, it wasn't really him. He had his baseball legs. He wasn't, you know, quite him yet. No, nah, no, nah, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear his <laughs> baseball. No, no, we're not doing that. I got to check it His baseball legs. He had half a season to play. And think about this. Who's more well-rested in the playoffs? Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen, who played 80 games that year? Right. Who should have been Jordan, MVP. Jordan, yes. You know, Jordan is standing in left field doing nothing for five months. Just standing there. <laughs> And he sucked at hitting. So it's not like he's whacking the ball, running, and he's rounding out triples all day like Jimmy Rollins. Like, get out of here. His legs. <laughs> he's, he was, he's in the best shape of anybody out there. 
Like Penny Hardaway's got 110 games on his body that year, and then immediately fell apart two years later. There's Jordan's like, ah, oh, my, uh, uh, my my baseball legs. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, your baseball legs can't stop Shaq and Penny, bro. I don't care. That's that's ridiculous. No, I remember that was the excuse back then, man. I, it I know. Cracked me up, and I was like, what? Everyone's like, yeah, it's those crazy baseball legs. I'm like, yo, I, I'm sorry. Did, did he become an MMA fighter? Like, what, how is his body <laughs> incapable of playing basketball? And and think about that. If there if there was something to this whole baseball leg thing, then how come Dion was able to go play two sports on, in the same day, come same on, fucking day? day. Bo Jackson, <laughs> Bo Jackson run for hundred yards and three hit three home runs. Right. Running over but people. Jordan's like, uh, well, the, the, again, when, when I dropped 50 on the Knicks, my baseball legs worked. But then when Shaq and Penny humiliate me, my baseball legs didn't work. I'm like, all right. Man, I was 0 for 4, you know, three months ago. I, I can't do this. <laughs> when I was hitting 202, the, my, my, my muscles were so different that when I came back and scored 50, I still wasn't in shape. Okay, man. That's great. Get the hell out of here, Jordan. Fucking idiot. <laughs> he's still the best of all time, by the way. But. Sure, but he's his... The, the whole what I learned last year watching the Last Dance was that the league and the sport exist to make him the hero of the story. He is the hero of the uh, entire basketball world. Yeah. So not, none of these actual criticisms stick because he's the he's the protagonist. You know what I mean? Oh, good point. I never looked at it that way, but right. So like when he, when right. Gary Payton's lock, locking him up and he's like, oh, I had other things on my mind. I had other things on my mind, like my dad dying. I'm like, or. A Hall of Fame defender just locked you down for like. Why can't you just say that? Right. Why can't you just be like, yeah, you just locked him because he's the hero of the whole league. And they and the set it up like, oh, yes. And they set up like, oh, look, I torched Gary Payton the next day. Like I got through to him. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't yeah. guard me the next day because I took but that as inspiration. Right. He he did lock you up. He's and there's nothing wrong with that. The dude's a top five defender at his position. You can't even say that. It's like, <laughs> well, it's because my my dad died. That's why I just I stopped playing strong for two two games. <laughs> I was over four asshole. three years ago, and it's still bothering me that that curveball that I swung at. Yeah, it's like, what are you? That's and I remember they were like Terry Francona's like, if he would have played baseball, he would have made the majors. I'm like, bro, he was hitting 200 a ball. Get the fuck out of here, dude! And <laughs> 30 years old, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, if he would only Tebow been playing. Yeah, Tim Tebow's been in the minors eight years. If he wasn't famous, you would never hear this, dude. I, dude, I'm speechless because I can't even argue any of that. Like, it's right there. It, that, yeah, <laughs> straight dude. facts, dude. <laughs> you got me. I, I haven't been talking the last couple of days because my voice is shot. So no, I'm man. Like I, like I was I'm talking before. Back and forth, drinking I, coffee. What's up? I got this cough that just won't go away, man. Yeah, it's a bad look. But yeah, for, for sure. Especially now, you know, with what's going on. But <laughs> I got the vaccine and everything. Don't get it twisted, me too. people. But still. Um, vaccine boys. This daycare bullshit, man. She comes home with with something like every month. It seems like uh, welcome to kids. Kids are a petri dish. It's just disgusting bacteria. That's, a, that's what the doctor said. He's like, well, you keep her home, like then I can't work. Okay, no. <laughs> it's like Dude, kids. Kids are just sick. On Thanksgiving, the Easter in general, they're just sick. Yeah, so be be ready for that. I was I was telling somebody the other day. It's like in my single days, I never got sick. I mean, I would get hungover all the time, but right. now living in the house all the time and with the kid, I'm yep. sick a lot. Dude, my wife was sick for a week, and then all of a sudden, Tuesday, I lose my voice. And I was like, what the hell's going on? This is how it is. Dude, just man. On each other. I was laughing at my wife and my kid. I was like, man, you guys are sick, and I'm cool. And then like a day later, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck, <laughs> I got it. That's it. It's inevitable, Where, dude. <laughs> where's that Mucinex? I need a three of those. I don't care oh, what the label yeah. says. <laughs> I was a right in yesterday. I got the airborne, chewable immune tablets. I got all that shit. 
Yeah, and then, then as I'm eating ice cream, she's like, Nestle's having anything cold. I'm like, well, I want some ice cream because it's like 90 degrees and shit. So Me too. I don't give I, a I damn. I did the same thing. <laughs> I, don't give I did that at night. I was, I was sitting on the couch. I was, eating, I was like, fuck, I was eating ice cream. I right. feel like crap. Okay. And then I was coughing. Yeah, yeah, see? <laughs> yep. <laughs> she she knew what was right, but, you know, what the hell do I know? <laughs> we wild, man. we wild dudes. Man, speaking of uh, baseball, you shout out my guy Greg Maddox on a joint. <laughs> Favors are bad yeah, news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's my man. He's my he's my favorite pitcher of all time. Nice, that's right a good back. one, man. Yeah, I've been I've been I've been trying to balance it out. I, I will, you know, we we always me and Castro, uh, we always like to pride ourselves on basketball references. But I was like, yo, I want to throw some more baseball in the mix now. You know what I mean? So I throw, I talk about him. I talk about Brandon Morrow on a song. It's like just just having a, having a good time. There, there's a song I got coming out where I reference like Rusty Greer. Oh, dude, you're like, digging yeah. deep on that one. <laughs> Let's say you do like Vincente Padilla or somebody like that. Yeah, or... number 44. <laughs> yeah, former Philly. I remember him. Um, yeah, so just like throwing that out there. Like Maddox, sometimes I'm, when I'm bored, I'll, I'll just read like the, uh, all these incredible features on Maddox when he retired. Because he's like he's like a myth. He's like a, When you read all these stories about him through his whole career, like how brilliant he was. Right. And just like it, like specific games he pitched or like certain clubhouse stories, he just because he just looked like someone's dad. And then he went out there <laughs> and then he won like 310 games and won like 17 Gold Gloves. Won Cy Young like during steroid era too. Yes, just busting everyone's ass with like no muscles, nothing. He probably he probably threw maybe 92 at his peak, like the hardest he could throw a ball, and it didn't matter. I was like, man, he's that's my man right there. So yeah, I was I was excited to put him on, and then. Pete Rosenberg and I playing that song on yeah, the radio. I saw Sunday, that post. Crazy. Salute. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. Shout Pete Rosenberg. Man, you know, as a kid growing up, Maddox and Moyer were part of the, the same crop of pitchers <laughs> coming up. So you talk about dudes throwing soft and having <laughs> longevity. There you go. So Jamie, Jamie Moyer, uh, Philly he, uh, too. He was a Philly. Oh, for yeah, a when, while. He, when he was on the Philly, he won a title with the Philly. I think he was like probably forty-four when they got him. And because I remember, then they they after a few years, if they won a title, they either retired or they let him go, and then he, he ended up pitching for the Rockies when he was like almost fifty years old, right? With either 48, 49, 50 years old on the Rockies, and I was like, bro, you gotta. I mean, you can't even, you know, his, his arm doesn't hurt. He tops out at like eighty. And to go to Colorado, where you know pitchers just get killed. You know, I mean, that's taking right. a chance. I mean, you want your career to end? There you go. Go to Coors Field, <laughs> and he didn't pitch after that. He was like the ultimate challenge is can I throw sixty miles an hour in course and get people out? No. <laughs> Answer no. Without researching, I think he's the oldest player to win at games. I think with the Rockies he got Ooh. a win or something, and then that was like the, the crescendo of his career and that was, you know Wow. He's done, he's out. Yeah, like think about it, like he, he was basically like a bottom feeder pitcher till he was like thirty two. Yeah, with the Mariners. And that and that's yeah. and that's when he became who he was. That's amazing. Jeez, yeah. Man. Why throw ninety five when these muscled out freaks are just hitting it over the, the fence just Sorry. just try to you know did a bugs bunny curveball shit and yeah just, yo I'm, I'm gonna be the rap game james Moore. i'm gonna just do it i'm just get slower and wiser just do it you know what i mean yeah. I, I, i'm i still haven't hit my peak yet there it is man and, and keep I'm shouting older, out i'm those... older than ever <laughs> <laughs> we could bring out those baseball references man there's a lot that that's dope so, man, man to bring up maddox like that and he's one of my all-time favorites as well and that joint you know a straight banger of course like you said you got some some play in new york with that one what's been the reception for that song and even the album as a whole it's, it's been crazy um it's it's really interesting because I, I, for me i just wanted to make you know just a really cool just straight up like east coast rap album that was my only goal when i started it so 
I was coming off of doing a lot of collaborative records like with um with Ray West and John Wizard and uh, and I'm always in the middle of doing other stuff so I'm always in the process of, of writing and doing things but for this one I was just like I really wanted to make something that had like a lot of like buoyancy and like a lot of um a lot of energy to it a lot of a lot of I keep saying brightness to it but like that's what I was going for and I was really just I was really going for like 96 Iron Man like Ghostface like that, nice. that was the album that's my favorite record in, of all time in any genre of music. So I was just kind of like, why don't I, because I, I have that framed on my wall next to a, a, a copy of Sgt. Pepper on wax. So I'm always like looking at them and I was like, why, why don't I just try to go for that? Like I've never deliberately had like a North star guiding point when I made a record. So that was the only thing I thought of was like Ghostface type energy. Cause that album is, that's a really specific record. Like if you, if you look at all the albums that came out that year, 96, you know, between like Nas and Dayla and Busta or even like, you know, Tupac and all like that Iron Man record really doesn't sound like anything. You know what I mean? It's like it's a very, yeah, it's a very insular record. You know, like Mob Deep, that doesn't sound like that. Um, all the bad boy stuff like, is very different. And so I was trying to find something like that where it had like soulful elements and then kind of like grimy joints and then like story stuff. And then just like some fun stuff too. Like there's there's moments like that on 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 his album and then on my album I was trying to convey. But also like you know personal stuff, you know stories. Um, I'm not on the level of Ghostface obviously as like a storyteller, but right. Um, I do love having story joints, so I try to make songs. And then it was also like Splash's like Pretty Tony album, which is another one of my favorite Ghost records. So Man. I was trying to think about songs like that. And then I was telling people, anybody that was involved with the record, I'm like, this is what I want you to channel. Like, I want you to think of that. Not, you know, don't like rap like these guys. This is, the, you know, the kind of performances I'm looking for. And I feel like everybody hit it out of the park. So it's been really cool, man. It's been, and people in post like music, they've been playing it nonstop. Like, it's a summer record for them. And that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's one thing I do like about social media is like, you just get, you know, those instant responses like the first two days right. the record's out you know what I mean? because everyone's listening and talking about music on fridays so I'm, I'm a fan of that definitely and i think that's what makes that album so great is that it doesn't sound like an era so oh, like nice. today if you played supreme clientele right yeah. now it doesn't feel like 96 it just feels like well, yeah, a no, really Sup good yeah, album supreme? yeah supreme was 2000 iron man yep I'm thinking, oh, I got the wrong one. Yeah, yeah, Iron yeah, Man. It's right. all right, man. Straighten you out. It's all right. You're just talking about, like, you know, two degrees. I just saw this Ghostface shit. I'm just like, you know, I'm like, my brain is going a million miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. Iron Man, yeah. Supreme Clientele, like that era of, I guess I'm more thinking of like that era now. Let me clear my right. thoughts here. His his yeah. real, like, peak. And uh, right. those albums still hold the test of time. And I don't feel like I'm listening. I mean, I feel like as I grew up with it, and I know where right. I was when those albums came out, but as far as, like, right now, they still hold up, man, and that's a good. That's a good, you know, blueprint or like a template for like what what to aspire to. There, I cleaned yeah, it up. Fine. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Because like you know, during the past year and change, I, I've really been listening to like a lot of older rap albums that I either haven't listened to since I was really really young or just ones I missed. So I've been listening to like a lot of like late '80s, early '90s rap albums, and when you listen to them and you weren't there in the moment. You listen to it being like, oh, like this is very much like a 1989 type of beat, or like that's a very 91 type of flow and when i listen to iron man it's like i mean i was there for it obviously like like you were but it doesn't have like like the markers of the time right. to be like oh this is what people were doing back then he's doing it too it's like this is what they were doing you know what i mean like this doesn't have the reaction the reactionary vibes 
that everyone was like, all right, we're either glossy or we're anti-glossy. Like that was pretty much starting in 96. And Iron Man, that album doesn't like you would never know what was happening in rap in that year when you played that album in particular. You know what I mean? Like it's very much its own body of work. Same thing with Supreme, you know, you're right. About, and that was 2000. So it's like, man, I like that. Like Prime Rock just said that about his album, Little Bear and Crow's Feet. He was like, I wanted to make something where you really didn't know what year it came out. And I think like, I think Iron Man has that quality about it. Man, I just did that with Supreme Clients. I totally forgot that was 21 years ago. It felt like it was longer than that, but it really is. Right. Man, 2000. Shit, dude. Yeah, and it dropped like January 2000. Right. So like barely. Right, right at the beginning yeah. of the new millennium. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it was like that when I played, uh, I played Most Def's album recently, uh, Black on Both Sides, and I forgot how old that shit is. And it's like, yeah, God, damn, this is this is yeah. over 20 years ago? Like, yeah. I mean, I know that it is, and I was there when it happened, right. but it's still like mind-blowing emoji. I'm like, damn, this is still 20 <laughs> years ago? I mean, this is crazy to me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was just on a podcast with uh, Scott Zebras in America. It's a movie podcast. And the homie Scott Thorough was like, because he, he's around our age, he was like, he's like, I'm still getting used to saying something was 20 years ago, but I wasn't 10 years old 20 years ago. Right. I was like 18 or 19. Like, this is weird to me to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, 20 years ago when I was 19. I was like, yeah, bro. <laughs> I'm <Jeez>. the same boat. <laughs> Man, talk about the production on this album, because obviously you do a lot of production yourself. What was right. it like having other people do the production for your own album? I wanted to just be able to focus on just barring out and rapping. And, and, and I got really used to you know having Chong Wizard lace me and Ray West and Small Pro over the years as well. And so I was just like, I, I could sit, like when I sit there and make beats and then I rap on them, it like it takes the joy out of rapping because you don't just get to react to something someone else made. Because like I'm, I'm the one sitting there like trying to find the samples and then I'm the one figuring out the arrangement and then figuring out where the bass line is going to be and then with the intro. And it's like, you know too much. You know what I mean? It would be like going on a date for the first time, but like you've been watching a documentary about this person for like a month. You're like, I already know. I already know like the things that have bothered me. Like I'm already annoyed by this girl. So um, yeah, like just getting, getting beats you know like from disco vietnam my, my good friend barry who you know he got three joints on the rosenberg record he did the the rock marcy and flea lord joint hallways he did um i forget the name of the one joint it's jim jones Ghostface, and crime apple and then he did another joint what's it called it's called second generation woo with like all the kids of wu-tang members so that's on fire um crazy so he was he was sending me to beats and then uh he got about half the beats on the record. And then um, outside of him, we had like um, his cat mute speaker from Ireland. He just he just randomly DM me because he saw I, I was asking for beats. And like 99 times out of 100, that shit is trash when people are just stepping to you with yeah. beats. You know what I mean? So he actually sent me a pack. I was like, these are crazy. Right. Um, and I picked one from him, became a Wallaby Dreams. Shouts to Ghostface, obviously. Yeah. And then uh, my man, uh, the expert from overseas, me, me and him have been making like one off songs together for about eight, nine years. Um, I just did a song for him for like a remix record they put out with a Crush a Lot podcast. Um, he had to open a song called $5 God. And it's a shame. He's always getting at me to do a full record. And it's always at the worst possible time where like I just wrapped up something with somebody else for a full album. Yeah. I'm in the middle of something, but all his beats are like very, very cinematic, like crime movie soundtracks. So he has the opener. Um, I'm trying to think who else I have one of these. I don't, I don't have the credits in front of me. Small Professor, um, which that Small name. Small Pro did two. Yeah. yeah, he did two joints, obviously. So me and Smalls are really good friends. Like, like I forget, I, I'm, you know, I work with him like that. You know, I mean, just because he's my friend. So <laughs> there you go. I have those moments, but. Yeah, it, it's just um, Darko the Super. Um, his, he put his producer name as Doc Heller, but 
Darko is a real interesting, like live artsy genius dude from outside of Philly who's really into like every st- style of music and will try every style. So um, he got the title track off, and that was my first time getting a credit from him. But um, I'm on a bunch of his joints over time. So it, it was cool. Like there was just people I was comfortable with, maybe a couple new people. And uh, I, I think the beats were like, you know, that's I, I, what people have been responding to, honestly, too, is like the arrangement of the album yeah. and the beats because they're they're pretty like everyone I'm listening is, has very distinct styles. So trying to make it make sense was like a challenge I love. And it, it, it told people like grasp it pretty, pretty quickly, which is dope. And of course, you got a lot of the, you know, the people we see on a lot of your guys' albums, you know, Curly Castro, yeah. Alaska, yep. Alex Ludovico, man, mm-hmm. just just some some straight spitters on here as well. Yep. Yeah, I just wanted to just rock with them. Like, like same thing with the Wu albums, man. Like, when you look at Iron Man, it's like everybody from Wu. That's it. Right. Like, that's, they didn't, they didn't reach out and get, you know, like Red Man on, on the album. You know, like, like later on, Wu-Tang did, they had on the W, they had like Red Man and Snoop and Busta. And that's always cool. Like it's dope to hear those guys on Rizzo Beats, but like you don't really like. I looked at I looked at where all of us were at that point, and I was just like, you know, looking at the track listing sometimes, and you're like, man, maybe I should get this person. They're pretty hot. I'm like, wow, I've always been a fan of this guy. I wonder what he would charge me. And I feel like coming off Midnight Suns, we did that. Like you know, I got Malik B, rest in peace. I got Nature. You know, I got I got a uh, Jay Zone on that record. Denmark Vesey, so Lord Juco. So I felt like Billy Woods, obviously, is my man. But I felt like that album. That that was like you know a lot of bucket list items were on that record. Whereas this one, I was just like home team only. Like I, I don't you know the way the way shrapnel hit, the way me and Alaska hit with Cargo Colts, you know small pro. I mean, and then Barry was cracking off with the Rosenberg record at the same time, which right. is weird. So I just was like I'm confident with everybody I have. I, I want people to check my man I Alive out more. I Alive is like he's unbelievable. He's like he's like guru meets like like some psychedelic rock motherfucker. Like he's, he can just rap. And then he also just sings and plays guitar too and plays shit live. Like he's, he's nice with it. So he's amazing. He's, he's been on a lot of our records, but um, yeah, yeah. He's, he put out a really fire, like psychedelic rock album called Donovan days. He's put that on, on on vinyl. So if you want to hear something different too, you can do that. But then also just like straight rhyming and singing hooks. You know, he's on this record for that. It's okay. Definitely need to check that out. And of course, there is one track you produced, and I definitely have to bring this one up. The one with Scorsese yeah. on it, yeah. Kevin Castro, Knife Behind well, the Smile, man. Just so much when I see it. You know, I've never seen Scorsese on, on a track these days. You know, it's definitely some melancholy shit. You know, you go through, right. you see that. Uh, right. Talk talk about that record and uh, any Scorsese stories you want to throw out there. Because, I mean, that's why I'm talking to you. That's why I'm talking to, you know, exactly. Alaska and Griff and so many people. Eddie Kane was on here. I mean, like all these people, it's all yep. connected. This dude is like the nucleus for this. So right. salute to him, man. Exactly. And that's, and that was a beautiful thing about him. Like there was, I was lucky enough to connect him to a lot of people. And then he was turning around and connecting all of us to people that didn't know us through him. It was amazing. Cause he was just, you know, like his wife said, like he never knew a stranger. Dude could just befriend anybody. Right. So um, the, the original version of that song, I was trying to make like a really short record, like one verse, one chorus from Castro. And then I just felt like, yo, if I'm just going to put just my friends on this album, like he needs to be on this album. And so the song was seemingly done, but I was like, he should be on this. Like he should be on my beat on my album with Castro because he and Castro were, you know, becoming really good friends also. So when I got him, I was just, you know, he, he was such, he was, so, he was, he was so quick and he was so prolific. And, uh, you know, he, he, he wasn't the type that like make you wait for four months for the feature. You know, he, he would, he would hear the beat 
and then he would send you back either his written bars uh-huh. or voice notes on his phone of him doing it just to, just so you were happy. And so I was giving him a lot of direction because I wanted like a very specific performance from him. And some, you know, some people like me, myself included, sometimes we'd get a little salty or like, okay, that's really cool, but like change this or like take this out or, you know, when you say it like this, change that. Like he was very, very amenable and flexible to where, you know, the verse on the album is probably like the fourth verse he wrote. And he just kept writing them and, and recording them and sending them to me. And I picked that one because I was just like, that's. I want to, and I told him I was like, I want you to talk a lot of shit at the beginning right. and in the middle, because I want you to kind of be like the 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 the, the, the boosted up energy guy, like towards the end of the album, to kind of smack people awake again. Like I want you to be that voice, kind of like a Memphis Bleak. Like I wanted him like to have that Memphis Bleak energy. Where you, you know, when you hear him, you're like, oh, this guy's different from everybody else. And uh, so he pulled it off. He was great, and you know, I, I was excited for him to to hear. He heard the song before he passed. Uh, he didn't get a chance to hear the album, but um, you know, we got a lot of stuff. You know, with him, we were lucky to get him on Steel's Kitchen on a Wrecking Crew project we put out in uh, June. A song called Sanford and Sunra with Castro and Fat Pusheri. Like he was, just, and I, that song's totally different. Like that's a very weird beat. Like they right. asked me to be on it, I was like, nope, I don't know what to do on that beat. <laughs> and Scorsese landed on it, you know, with both feet. So he was, he was just a really. It's really sad, you know, for his family, for his kids, his wife. And it's sad for us as fans and friends musically because he was really getting his legs under him. Like he was he was really tapping into something and he was getting better with every project, with every verse. And I've, I've heard his next record um, he did with Chumzilla. Um, and I heard the final version of that. And I was like, man, this is this is like his best shit. You know, like, man, this this is everything was just on, on the upward trajectory with him. And so, you know, a lot of moves we've made this year, whether it's in subordinate records or wrecking crew or me personally, it's just been a lot of things we've said are like, what, what would he have done? Or like, w- would he do things this way? You know, and he's, he's really been an inspiring force. You know, it's been, it's been like seven months or eight months since he passed, but I feel like it feels weird to say, but I don't feel like he's gone to me. You know, I, I don't. Right. I don't feel like that. Like, I feel like, you know, I, I, again, I've heard enough verses from him on my record, other records, but he's, he's something that even like the locks versus dip set. I'm like, man, he would be blowing my phone up about this. Lock shit <laughs> yeah. If he loved the locks and he would be clowning dip set on Twitter the whole time. Like, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, when I watched it the whole time, I'm like, Oh my God, he would have went crazy when they dropped this song. So I feel like, you know, his, his memory is really strong. And I feel like, you know, it, it, again, it was, it was a, it's an honor for me him to exist forever on my album still on a beat I made. Yeah, it just and like I said, you keep seeing him on, on these albums. And you get, I know he was grinding all the time. He's always putting out something yeah. and working on something. And like you said, he'd do four versions of a track and of a verse yes. and just do everything he could to perfect it, take the uh, the notes and, and get back in the lab. It, it just, it's just a salute to his his hustle, man. And it's Definitely. it's amazing, you know, to see. And, and it still shows, like you said, eight months later, we're still talking about songs he's got and coming and done right. and did and yeah. the legacy. And you like you said, he, he just getting better. I mean, we, we never even saw him at his peak. Right. You know, so it's, it's really special. And, and again, just him as a person, like it's, he's, he changed all of us in a really, really small amount of time, man. Like really a blink of an eye, you know, for some of us, it was a couple of years, other people it was a few months, but it, he's truly unforgettable. And I think, you know, having him on the record, like him just, he's so him on my song, 
Yeah, wrestling he's reference like, in like, there right off the bat. Yeah, then know. he's like, he's like, all the bad bitches come up front, motherfuckers with the iPhone, sit down, you corny motherfucker. Like, he's just wilding out on that record. <laughs> he's shouting out Zip Squad. He's shouting out us, record group. Like, it's it's such a definitive standard piece from him that I'm lucky to have. Um, but I, I but I assure you, like, the, the things they have in the vault for him that are still on their way are really special. Man, yeah, salute Scorsese always, man. Yeah, Big up to, Scorsese, bro. Without a doubt. And, uh, you know, talking about Scorsese, he was on that Fireside Chats album. And uh, that track yeah. that you did on there, man, I needed one more verse on that one. Every time I played, I was like, <laughs> oh, man, come on, Zilla, give me one more. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just too, too short, man. It's Todd Shaw up in here, way too short. Needed a Todd little Shaw. extra. <laughs> Shot. That's a good one. Yeah, that, that was a, I love that song. Like, Griff, like, I, I, I said it somewhere else, but, like, he sent me the album to check out. And I, I heard that, and I was like, yeah, number one, why am I not on this album? That, that That's foul. And then number two, I text him, like, why is this beat just an interlude? This beat is crazy. Oh, it was an and interlude was like, before you did it? It was just an interlude, oh. right? And I heard it, and I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I'll, I'll rap on this today. Like, his album was just about done. I was like, I'll, I'll write something and record it today. Like, don't play with me. And so I end up just, um, it was probably like January. Because I remember it was like a snowstorm. I was driving in a snowstorm, and I was listening to it. And I was I came home, and I was like, no, nah, this, this, this is getting crushed. So I wrote it. I sent it to him. And then and, and that, so I, I kept it the same length as how he had ah, it. That explains it, then. His, his original yeah. arrangement. So I just kind of threw a little hook on there at the beginning or end to kind of make it more of a song. I love it. Like, I love how how, how brief it is. Like, shouts to um, Southern Vanguard Radio, John Doe. He was, like, running that shit back heavy. When he heard that album, like he was cutting that up live on the show. It's a banger, man. It's a it's a crazy joint. Like that that joint sets it all. Yeah, it's like kind of right in the middle. So like like you said before with your album, it's like that one that kind of slaps you. Like, hey, wake up! There's still you know six more songs coming. (laughs) Yeah, get into this. Sun's still coming. Pay attention. Yeah, man. Yeah, shouts to Griff for snubbing me, but then letting me push my way onto the record last minute. That was cool. That's how you know. That's that's a great story, (laughs) man. Because it. It just amazes me, like how you know, I as a fan listening, I had, I don't know the backstory till now. I was just like, ah, he just he only had, he only did one verse. He he had to make me want more, and that's not what you, that's not necessarily what you were doing. You're just no. you're just working with what he already had and making it shine even more. It's all you know, salute, man. Yeah, because like even even the way the beat kind of like stalls out towards the end, where it's like it just kind of it kind of like unceremoniously just ends, right. Because that, that was an interlude. It wasn't, that was a beat by itself. And I was just like, bro, all right, I see your little games. I'm going to put something, I'm going to put something right in there. Boom. And uh, yeah, that beat is, I don't know what he was thinking, man. But, but that was, that would have been an ill flex just to have like this fire beat with no one on it in the middle where a million rappers on the album. I mean, as I would have been, you know, I had it in my car for like, usually I let a CD run through my, by the way, I have a CD player in my car still. Um, I let it play for like two weeks straight. So I get the whole feel yeah. of it. And every time that track yeah. came out, I was like, this that he only has one verse on this motherfucker, doesn't he? <laughs> man, I, I keep forgetting to bring it up to you. Too. Like, hey, Zilla, man, come on, dude. Right, thank you, bro. That, that, yeah, that was a fun joint. I love that song. Yeah, Griff. Yeah, Griff. Um, I I, I missed him getting him on this album, but um, on Vegas Vic. But you know, I, I mean, we've been friends since like 2005, and we, we we talk all the time. So it's like it's organic. Like the way he was making that record, he didn't have a place for me originally. You know what I mean? And that's right. cool. Like that's how it should be. Yeah, you, like you make the record you set out to make, and however yeah. it works is how it works, right? Yeah, like he sent me he sent me a bunch of joints for um for, for the Vegas Vic, and they just they weren't like clicking at the right time, or maybe I didn't have anything to say. But uh, like all the other records he's got coming out, he's got one with Alaska, and um, he's got uh, all the subordinate stuff, you know. 
like I'm, I'm either on those joints or I've heard them or we've talked about them at, at length. So it's like with us record crew and it's a board and it's like, it's very, you know, we're just, we, we, we can basically like click up and be like, well, remember that fucking rock group? What are they called? Um, Velvet Revolver or some shit? Oh, yeah. Remember it's like that? Guns N' Roses and uh, who like was it? Combo. Yeah. Or whoever yeah. the hell it was. Yeah, like we could do that. We could do like a Velvet Revolver, like super link up or some shit or like, or like a Squadron Supreme or something. We could do that because <laughs> that, that, that's how, you know, well well aligned all of us are. So it's like, you know, any anytime people, like I love watching people, you know, catch on to Griff Man. and Alex and, and obviously Shells. Yeah, and I didn't know Griff. Uh, I knew he had kind of like a punk rock background, but I didn't know he was so heavy with it. So to hear that album, you get just a totally different feel. But it's still a hip hop man. It's not, you know. Oh, definitely. So he definitely he definitely brought a different sound to it. And I just brought up Guns N' Roses. Did you see the video where Axl Rose is singing "Just a Friend" at a concert? <laughs> oh, no. It's fucking what? nuts, man. I, I clicked on it because it said, you know, Guns N' Roses pays tribute to Biz Markie. I'm like, what? This is the Onion. Like, what? What am I reading here? And I clicked on it, and yeah, that dude's playing the piano and he's doing Just a Friend, and he said he sings, you know, that the hook for you know th- two or three different times in different parts of like the right. seven minute video, and Slash is doing his thing or whatever. I'm just like, man, salute wow. to these dudes. I had no idea these cats even cared about Biz Markie, man. That, that's really cool. Yeah, you know what's amazing? I've been I, since Biz passed. I, I've been playing his first three albums heavy, dude. Right? Yeah. And those first three, like he's, it's a shame the rap media came along when it did because he was too early for like the Source vibe, Double XL, yeah. all that shit. Because the rap media really has generated like a very specific, narrow hallway of like who the best are, right? Big Wayne, Jay, Nas, Pac. You know, it's always like the same 10 things people always repeat nonstop, right? right? Biz, his first three can fuck with anybody's first three ever. Yeah. Ever. He's way better than Nas's first three albums. Like, not even close. Destroys Nas. He destroys Jay's first three albums. Like, Pac, he crushes Tupac. It's just, it's, you know, like they just talked about on a Super Duty Tough Work podcast with Blueprint and Logic. He was just, I, I mean, like when I listen to him, I'm like, I'm like, this is how Ghostface and all them got all their ideas. They were all using the same beats as him. Like eight, nine years later, they were flipping the same beats. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like just being super relatable, and you know, I, I, it's a shame. Like I was really, really young when Biz like really hit, but you know, like you got what I need. Like that, that shit, Spring Again. Like I was a kid, and those songs were huge, and I loved them. But I didn't, I wasn't into Biz as as I was, you know, like De La Soul, or, you know what I mean, or Raekwon. Right. And just going back and just listening to them as just rap albums, not like, oh, these are Biz albums. Like, no, these are great rap albums. Well, like, what I, was, I really I noticed, too, up. with Biz, I mean, you could tell Pete Rock was a huge fan because, like, he sampled him to death. Like, every, like almost every other word Biz says you heard yep. on a Pete Rock Seal Smooth album. Yep. yep. And it's just, like, to my man. So I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, I well, know it's Biz, but, like, now I'm hearing it in context of the song. I like to introduce myself. Yeah. I like to, yeah, it's just, all the time. I gotta love like that's from that's yes, Biz. That's like, my favorite. I, it's my favorite. You know, the main ingredient. It's my favorite Pete album. Man, and like that a whole album is Biz and Kane samples. Yeah, you know that it's crazy. And then I, I obviously the first album, Mech and the Soul Brother, is definitely a classic and one of the all time great albums. But main ingredient is like slept on to me. I feel like it doesn't get the oh, the props. Sun won't come out. I, I used to join it play oh a lot. Oh my god, I get physical. Yes. I mean, oh yeah. Yeah, like I, I I interviewed Pete earlier this year on Zoom. Yeah, I saw that salute. And he was like, "Yeah, people like Maine, but uh, Mecca and the Soul Brothers are one." I was like, "Pete, you are bugging. It's main ingredient, bro. Sorry. <laughs> I know you made it, but actually, you're wrong." 
I was, I was just really lame, but I was like, I told him, I was like, bro, I used to go on tour and go to Phoenix every year. And there was a, a sandwich banging foodery called the main ingredient because of your album. And they would play like 90s rap only. You know what I mean? I was like, all because of you. They weren't calling it Mecca and the Sober. Right. That's too so easy. He was like, oh, where? Yeah. That's too easy. Incredible. Yeah, that's Incredible. that's like you know that's like saying you know Nas's first album. I mean, there's there's other albums too, but he's artists like you know Nas. I just was playing King Disease right. two earlier today, and I'm still trying so to feel what's up with that one and compare it to other album. stuff he's done. And he's just making good music. That's it. He's just he's just making good stuff. Not like you know Hall of Fame shit, but it's just really good for being you know 46, 47 years old. And I was telling someone the other day, it's like you know even and I'm not saying this is what his album is, but even a, a mediocre or an average Nas album is still something that gets me mad geeked, you know, compared to most stuff that's out there. So you know, whatever, man, I'll I'll take anything. Yeah, like Nas is always going to be intriguing, even if it's mediocre. You're intrigued, you know what I mean? Or you'll go back to it to try to find something really cool, right? Versus like a mediocre, I don't know. I'm not trying to shit on anybody, but like. A mediocre Redman album at this point is just a mediocre album. You know, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not trying to find the gems. Like I love Redman to death, but I'm not like going no. back to the mediocre. You don't need to go back to Malpractice. That album is. Oof. That's the I'm one where things. I was like, I'm Oof. done. I, I think I, I think I finished. This is this. No, this, no, this, I, this. I, I, I bought a. I bought Red Gone Wild. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Not, not now his first four albums, I would say, are are good. And then after yeah, that, it, there's a complete drop off with those animal ugh. sound effects he was doing or whatever. The, <laughs> I don't know what that was. He was trying to do like DMX. The but yeah. Like let the monkey out. He was always doing that. Monkey I was sound. like, what is this? And these were songs like Christina Aguilera. Like, I mean, whatever, man. It's cool. But yeah. I, I think we, we got we to gotta break up. <laughs> but bring me Not back, you. though. But he had a couple of joints that brought me back a little bit. But. He's had a couple like cool like one offs. I was yes. like, okay. Yes. And then the, nothing happens. I'm like, oh, all right, thanks. <laughs> or he did verses. You know, it's like, ah. That, that was that's, great. That's a oh, red that man was, I remember. Yeah, that was great. That's all I need. Just do that. <laughs> man, I got to bring up Vegas movies, man, because this album yeah. is like a movie. What are some of your favorites? I wrote down a couple off the top of my head without even doing much research. You know, Casino's an obvious okay. one for me. Yes. But I always like The Cooler. And uh, Yo, my uh, someone, someone compared my album to The Cooler. I forget who it was. Someone texted me that. I can see I that. Was like, yeah. I'm like, that's a great call. And then uh, I, I I think I told Barry that, my executive producer, and he's like, I've never seen the call. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You got to see it. I'm like, good stuff, bro. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, I, with, uh, William H. Macy, it's a great one. Um, what's the name joint? Uh, I mean, I'm, I I don't care what people say. All the Oceans movies are my shit. I love <laughs> Oceans 11, 12. Yeah. I watch all of them. I love those movies. I even watched Oceans 8. Whatever it was, I never seen that you know, one with the female cast. Yeah, yeah, it's it's actually kind of ill, but then the actual heist is like some like eighth grade shit. That shit was boring uh, as hell. I was like, yo, like what are we doing? Like it wasn't even impressive. Just watch like, Set It Off instead, I guess. Yeah, just watch Set It Off. <laughs> You're right, or like Point Break or some shit. Oh shit! It was uh yeah. So uh yeah, I'm, I'm a big Oceans guy, and then uh Swingers. That's another one I put down. Yeah, I, and that only takes a place beginning, but yeah, like that's. And I love I love swingers so much, man. It's like I just I just I was like channeling that movie yesterday. I was just trying to be Trent every week. Double down, hell yeah! <laughs> I'm trying to think of other Vegas joints. Oh, I re- I really like um. It's kind of cliche, but um, what was that card movie? Um, oh, Twenty One. No, not that joint. Um, uh, now you see me, now you don't, or some shit. Oh yeah, like a magic joint. Yeah, I think I saw some of that. I don't think I caught the whole like thing. Like Mark Ruffalo's in or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because I was I was like I was watching it once and I was like building furniture with my wife, and I was so stressed out building furniture from IKEA. 
but I was like watching the movie, like feeling good. I was like, this is a good little Saturday afternoon joint. Fucking Ikea. Ikea is stressing you out. That's why you need to go yeah. to a movie theater because you're not building Ikea bullshit. You're sitting there eating popcorn yeah. in your own world, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what's a great Vegas movie, dude? Um, go. You ever see Go? Yeah. Yeah, it's got that, that remix of the Elvis joint playing in it a lot too, right? From what I recall. Yes. And then but it's got like a rave elements like Katie Holmes is in it. Yeah. Uh, Scott oh, man. Wolf. I forgot about Jay that movie. Moore, Tay Diggs. Uh Seth Green. No, wait, no, not Seth Green. Um, One of them young Breckin cats. Meyer. Yeah. Breckin Meyer. Yeah, what was oh, oh what's the name? What's the name of that movie too? My man Timothy Oliphant. He plays <laughs> he plays a drug dealer named Todd Todd something. I forget his name. His name's like Todd. Yeah. He's got these crazy. He's got he's got like Benny the Butcher mutton chops in that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a it long time. Wild. I remember it, but it's oh, been so great. long. I got to check it out Dude, again. I just remember that Elvis song movie. came back because of that movie. Because homeboy who did Swingers did it. Um, oh, Favreau. Doug Liman or something. Oh, 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 okay, right, right. He did like he did Swingers and he did Go, then he did like Born Identity. You're like, who is this guy? <laughs> It's like the weirdest three movie stretch ever. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't even fit. They don't even go together at all. Nah, and like like Tay Diggs is wearing like like this, like this caramel sports coat the whole time. He looks awesome. <laughs> it's it's a great movie, dude. Go is a great movie. I need to revisit that one. It's been a while since Sarah I've seen Polly. it. Sarah Polly, Sarah she's the lead. Sarah oh Polly. yeah, okay. She's in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I was gonna say she's yeah, in she's zombie great. flicks. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, she's awesome. That movie, man. Yeah, she's good. Katie Katie Holmes was kind of like like. Low-key fire in that movie. She was like... I have like a... You know, she's kind of like a shoulder shrug for me, but sometimes I don't mind her. Maybe that's probably... No, she's good in this movie because she plays like a goody-goody, but then she's like high as shit at a rave, and they're like working at like some bum-ass supermarket. <laughs> it was good, man. It's a good movie. Go. That's my shit. What's that? What's a good Vegas movie? I was thinking about that show, Vegas. Not because I thought it was that great of a show, but the females on it were top-notch. i never seen that. The James Conn show... Oh, I never. I Who's never that cat that that's in all the Transformer movies? He he's he's oh. in it, but they had some. I don't know his name. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, what, sorry, I brought I it up. Diamonds are forever is another one I was thinking of. James Bond movie. I never seen that. Yeah, I never seen that. The, the theme is good, but the the movie's not that great. But yeah, of course, the theme is way better than the movie. Kind of like uh, yeah. '90s uh, hip hop hood flicks, you know, like uh, yes. Above the Rim or something like that, where the, the yeah. soundtrack is better. I think you talked about with Scorsese about this. Like, the, the movies yeah, were yeah. not as good, but the soundtracks are crazy. Yeah, like New Jersey Drive. Yeah. They love New Jersey yeah. Drive compared to Juice, and that's where we had our argument a little bit. So. I remember that. Yeah, that, that was that was sacrilegious. I was really upset with him. <laughs> Especially when you got a lot upset. of Juice references on this album. I mean, I've heard Steel's name a few times. and of course. Yeah, we did, I mean, we, we did Steel's Kitchen. We're wrecking crews. Right. That's, so there it is. Everything about us is, is based on juice. So <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was very angry with him that day. <laughs> what's uh, what's a Vegas game you'd like to play? Like Casino. I'm a roulette guy. But I haven't oh, been to a yeah. casino in a minute. But No, me neither. I, I, like, I like Blackjack. Blackjack's pretty easy. Okay. Yeah, Blackjack's fun. Now, you like me. Are you afraid of the tables and you'd rather play just the, the video version or are you a table guy? Uh, no, I, I you know I haven't been to a table in so long, but yeah, I like I like to sit at the table because I just know like I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm just like I'm just there for the environment and have a good time, get some free drinks. Like I'm not trying to be like a card shark with like my right. sunglasses on. You know, I'm just I mean I, I just <laughs> right. you know what I mean I just try to be like as basic and chill as possible and okay with winning you know two thousand dollars, okay with losing like four hundred bucks or whatever to keep it moving. There it is, man. That's what it's yeah. all about. Vegas yeah. Vic. And uh, we expect any visuals from this uh, album at all? Or is there any out that I'm not yeah, even aware know, of? I I, uh, I I reached out to my video guy. We're, try, we're trying to uh, link up. He, he's been on a different schedule than me, so I'm trying to get some visuals going. And then uh, 
That's pretty much it, man. Just trying, just trying to keep the conversation going. People grab the vinyl or CD to, or the tape through chongwizard.bandcamp.com. And then uh, there's only like 100 of them of, of each piece. And everyone who's into those formats are scooping them up. So if that's one of your preferred ways, you can do that. You can stream it wherever you want on Spotify or Apple or YouTube. And then, uh, yeah, man, rock with the records and get down with us. We got we got some good shit. And where can people find you, follow you, and uh, everything else you've done? I know you're on Bandcamp <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, you can get me on Bandcamp at $3pistol.com. Um, I got uh, I got some stuff lined up for the rest of the year. And then um, you can follow all of us at wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. You know, me, Prem Rock, Early Cash, Real Small Pro. And then I'm on I'm on Instagram and, and Twitter with, with my, my rap name intact, all one word. Zilla Rocka, and then um, I guess Facebook, if that's your thing. I don't really check my Facebook fan page. but Yeah, I'm less and I, less on know. there, man. Yeah, shouts, shouts to that, you know what I mean, driving people insane. So go on there. Locking people you know up, I mean? too. I got a couple friends who are in Facebook jail, which I didn't even know was a thing. Oof. I'm like, how'd you yeah, get in Facebook jail? I'm like, It's probably better for them to be in Facebook jail, so shouts <laughs> to them. It's, it's a better use of time to not, to not be, on there. be on there. Right. Yeah, so I would do that, and then... uh. Yeah, man, get at us. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, my, my podcast, you can check it out. We drop every week called Call Out Culture, where we talk rap, we talk movies, we talk classic rap, we talk new stuff. We, we had Rob Sonic on a couple weeks ago talking best guest appearances. Nice. We just had uh, we had Mike Seatown from Dead End Hip Hop talk about the Woodstock 99 documentary. And then um, I think we're doing one this week on uh, De La Soul since they got their masters back. Right. We're going to do like a whole a whole breakdown on De La, you know, forever. So man, that's uh that's something out there for the people, man. Definitely. Everybody check that out and check out the album. And before I let you go, you, you mentioned you saw black widow. What did you think of that? It was cool. It reminded me of like, uh, it reminded me of mission impossible meets like born identity. Right. It gave me that, it gave me that feeling. You know what I mean? There was, I just, I thought it was ill. Like, also, like I never thought Scarlett Johansson was, was casted. Well, I thought she's like not a good black widow, but Florence Pugh is amazing. Dude. David Harbour's great. Yeah. Rachel Weiss is great. Everyone's great in the movie. Like it's a cool flick, you know. So I don't know why they gave us like three Thor movies and two Ant Man movies and three <laughs> Guardians. Right. Like they, this could have just been out. Like I don't. The know timing was weird. Like, yeah, but even if even pre COVID, like why don't why don't you put this out in between movies? Like why why would this? I got a Loki show, a Scarlet Witch show, a Falcon and Winter Soldier show. You know what if show like. You can't give Black Widow any like it was just strange to me. I and it was after you killed her off in the movies too. It was just yeah, like, like it was just bizarre. Like it could have just been in between movies. Like and then when that when you see her in this movie with with the blonde hair and the green vest, and then you see her in Endgame, you're like or Infinity where you're like, oh yes, that was she was just wearing that three months ago in the other movie. Here she is carrying it on. You know, it was just it was just, it was just strange. Like they just yeah. Like she was think about this when that whole when that whole MCU started, she was like the biggest star they had. When she showed up in yeah, that Iron Man movie, I was like, whoa, yeah, Scarlett like, Johansson's doing this She's way bigger than all them. Downey Jr., she's way bigger than all these yeah. guys. And they just kind of like scuttled her to the sidelines for like nine years. And I was like, what? So when this movie came out, it was just really fire. I was like, this could have just been there. Like, it was, you're right. It's like very weird watching it, you know, two, three years after everything and her character is dead. I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, and that's just, what took me out of the element. For, I'm not even saying if the movie's good or bad. It's just like the timing of it when it came out. I know COVID played a lot to do with that. But still, it was right. after the fact. Regardless of COVID, it was still after yeah, her character was gone. And it didn't really tie up any loose ends for me. Like It's not like no. I watched it. I'm like, oh, now I know this. And I'm like, nah, not really. Right. To even make Captain Marvel from scratch over Black Widow is wild disrespectful to me. 
Like that. Yeah. Captain Marvel is the most ho hum ass like <laughs> movie. Like that shit is. They just need like we need someone to punch Thanos in the face and like kind of daze him a little bit. We right. need to create this movie. And we, then they, they gave her that. It's like, all right, cool. We got to put her in the yeah. 90s because we got to forget about her. We didn't know she was here. Yeah, the... She's wild, boring. Like, Carol Danvers has been buns in the comics for 40 years. She's never been interesting. So it's like, we just need someone to punch Thanos real quick. All right, who, is, who would it be? Because, like, Black Widow shooting people with a gun is, like, not going to do it. So Right. Yeah, that was weird. It was just always weird to me how they handled her. Shouts to her suing their ass. Good, good for Scarlet. Yeah, I mean, obviously, she's not happy with how things turned out, and I, I get it. You know, COVID sucks and all this other shit, but at the same time, yeah, it just kind of kind of felt late, man. It's it's, it's kind of yeah, like uh, like with the, my Cubs bringing back Arietta, and he's a bum, and now they had to get rid of him. It's like, ah, well, we didn't need to do this. <laughs> I watched him on the field. He sucked on the Phillies, man. He, was a, he, he sucked. He yeah, was, he was. Like, they were bad, but he was when he was like your best pitcher, you got problems. Yeah. Be glad yeah, he's not in the Phillies him. anymore because I don't know if you saw what he did he this sucks. year. Yeah, he sucks. He, yeah. He was widely available for a reason. Oh, man. And I was all happy for the reunion. It's like, yeah, bring him back. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. The Phillies were like, Phillies could never even win like 88 games. Like, oh, we don't need him. He can leave. And I was like, Jesus. They start Christ. throwing batteries at him and stuff if he started pitching. Oof. When when fans yeah, came he, back, you can't have that. Yeah, he's in a bad spot. Shouts to him. Shouts to you for letting me come on and talk about the Bears and yeah, man. And I got a uh, Mark Carrier coming on. He played safety for the Bears in a Whoa, few weeks. He's been 20. on before, yeah, and he's gonna come on again. Yeah, uh, me and my dad loved him. Yeah, he, all those interceptions that first year, he was a hawk Shouts back to there. Mark Carrier, wow. Shouts yeah, to Mark Carrier. Yeah, wow, man. I have his football, I have his football cards. He's he was uh, I want to say him and Emmett Smith were the two rookies in 1990. Am I getting the year right? 89. Yeah, didn't did he go like to the Chargers afterwards? I remember he was a Lion and I believe a whatever oh, that lying, Washington yes. team is called now. Yes, he was a Lion. Mark Carrier. Yeah. Wow. Justin Mark. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, we loved him in South Philly, man. We were, we were big guys. Oh big shit! Yeah, I'll tell him, man. He he came up at uh, USC, so you know he he's friends with Snoop Dogg and and Warren G and wow. all that. So yeah, I, I talked to him about Snoop Dogg last time he was on here. So. Good for him. Yeah, man. And good for the Bears. They might be uh, eight and nine or whatever. How many games they played? 17 now? So it's. <laughs> oof. Yeah, oof. I don't know. I, I Same don't with the Eagles. You guys want uh, Foles back or, or no? You good? No, nah, we're good. No, nah, we're good. He's straight we're trash, good dude. We don't need him. Yeah, I know. He, <laughs> yo, he, he is the epitome of lightning in a bottle, bro. Holy shit. Nick Foles is either gets either is like 25 touchdown guy or like third third quarterback. He and might no be the football Jake Arietta for you guys because Arietta won a Cy Young and a World Series yeah. and then he and then he just got bad afterwards and like Foles is like the same way he can't like refine that magic. Guy, he, he beat Tom Brady toe to toe. Yeah, and then he might be out of football this year. Like that's crazy, dude. He's third string. That's what I'm saying. Like he's he's like a hockey goalie. You know what I mean? That's what he is. He already put he's out like there. He already put out there the, that he would he wouldn't mind going to Indianapolis because I guess Wentz got hurt. And he's like, oh, I'm I'm available yep. if they need me. I'm like, yeah. yo, yeah, Wentz is like great. This fucking guy's stop following me. <laughs> yes, all you do is take my shine. <laughs> but I bet there's a Foles uh, statue that'll be erected someday because oh, yeah. he did do some he's amazing shit that game. He's an icon. Icon. <laughs> Man, s- salute to Zilla Rocker for coming on. Go check out this album, Vegas Vic, Stop Sleeping. Man, big up for coming on here and shooting the shit about Thanks, things that are not hip-hop and things that are. 
course. We we we, got, we have full lives out here. No doubt, man. A lot man. of interest. Thanks, dude. Yeah, get over yeah, that cough, I, I man. Run, man. I guess what I'm saying, I'm, I'm about to still gargle some more stuff. So there it is. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, man. Peace, dude. Thanks for coming right, on, man. I'll see you later. Peace. Man, that was a lot of fun talking to Zilla Rocco. Always is. Like I said, his third time on the show. Salute to him for coming on. And uh, it just it brought back some memories because, you know, some people listening know this. Some Obviously, a lot of you probably don't. I used to work in sports radio long time. I mean, over 10 years as a producer mainly, which basically is someone who sets up a talk show and uh, works behind the scenes, answering the phones and running the board and playing the sound and stuff. And talking to him brought back a memory of when the Bears were in the uh, NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers. Oh, man, I'm trying to remember what year this was. This must have been like 2000, oh, man, 13, 14, something like that. But that was a game where Cutler got hurt. And I remember I had to go into work after the game was over and work the postgame show, meaning I had to take calls from people calling in and all mad. And I'd have to find out, you know, where they're from, what they want to talk about. So I'm going to give you a little anecdote from that time frame. I remember one... One call in particular, I don't remember the guy's name or anything, but I'm going to, just for the uh, <laughs> for the theater of the mind, I'm going to kind of reenact with my own, um, you know, <laughs> my own version of it. Uh, take some liberties here, but I remember I pick up the phone and like, hey, you know, what's your name? Where you calling from? Yeah, this is Bab from Chicago. Yeah, yeah, w- w- what side? Eh, from uh, Balo Sites. Well, listen, uh, yeah, this, this Cutler guy, uh, yeah, he, he got a goal. Yeah, he could have played the fourth quarter, but the whole, the whole game went down the tubes the minute the guy hurt his knee. I, I saw the guy eating food. He was with some lady friend, uh, you know, going down some stairs into a diner area, and uh, he should have been home eating a Stouffer's with his leg propped up on an adamant or something. What's he doing eating food? You just lost the championship game against the Packers. This guy's a bum. He should be at home eating uh, Encore. What's he doing out with uh, out and about? Eating food. He should be depressed. If he could walk around and get some food, he could have played in the fourth quarter against the Packers. Now we have no team in the Super Bowl. I'm going to go burn his jersey. Uh, I don't even have a Cutler jersey, but I'm going to go to Colts uh, when they're on sale. And uh, I'm going to burn it because uh, he's a bum. They should have let the, the backup play the whole game. Uh, Tad Gallants, he's a... He didn't do good, but if he knew he was going to play, he would have had a little more uh, effort uh, than that Cutler guy. Hey, I know he tore his knee and he couldn't play the second half, but uh, if he could eat food and eat an encore or something, that would have been better. But uh, if he's out and about with some lady friend, he could have played the fourth quarter. Okay? Uh, hang up and listen for my answer. <laughs> it's essentially, I mean, it's not exactly, I mean, I, come on, man. I'm not going to remember every word, but it's, that's essentially what kind of calls we got. When the Bears lost that championship game to the Packers, and you know it hasn't been the same since. They've been uh, they've been tragic ever since then. So uh, there's a lot of guys who sound and talk like that. It is kind of a stereotype of Chicagoans, but yeah, those those Bear fans they all talk that way. And right off the top, you did the thing I hate. Yeah, I'm calling from Chicago. No, you're not. You're calling from Palos Heights. That's not Chicago. Eh, same difference. Look, let me tell you, this Cutler's a bum. <laughs> Man, so salute to Zilla Rock for bringing up bad quarterbacks. Let's get back into it. Let's play another track off his album, Vegas Vic. This one has got a lot of rotation. So a lot of places are playing this. And this is a real banger right here. Favors are bad news part two. And uh, he brings up one of my favorite Cubs of all time, Greg Maddox. Yeah, I remember Greg Maddox. He uh, left the Cubs to go to the Braves for uh, extra money. 
Yeah, what a what a money hungry grabbing uh, jerk. Even though he won a World Series and a bunch of Cy Youngs and went to the Hall of Fame. What a yeah, he, he's, uh, he should have stayed there. And, uh, you know, been in fourth place. Uh, what a bum. All right, let's get into it. Here is Vegas Vic, the album, Vegas Vic. The join off of here is called Favors Are Bad News Part 2. <laughs> Zilla Rocka on the Infinite Banter Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. Thought I told you. Yeah. Uh. Favors been bad news. What it do? Live via Wrecking Crew. Rest in peace. M. Illitan. Malik Blunt. A.K.A. Malik B. Yeah. Come and see. Vegas guys here to choke the mic till the screen and me stop that. Cash, we conveniently got that. Poltergeist guys here to choke the mic till the screen and me stop that. Cash, we conveniently got that. Favorite's been bad news. I would have quit rap without a long commute. Now I'm just writing on the move. Hit like a sniper on the roof. I never paid for pay per view. 93, perfect world in Bronxdale. Never had the oxtail. I'm playing bass too young to catch the gas face. Now I sit, watch my money flip like a pancake. Feels a handshake, an indie rap contract Your contract, it blew up in your face like John Concack All inspector style, single bullet theory The antisocial social club, I wish you weren't near me Antisocial, but still I'm a chatterbox Ain't scared of docs, I'm playing cool kids tackle box This the hand of God, that one that Greg Maddox got Right hand controlling them, pinpoint we owning them Gin joints we owning them, wrecking crew cold wave Nah, this ain't the old days, I'm dripping like some poached eggs Most the guys here to choke the mic till the screen and we stop that Cash, we conveniently got that Most the guys here to choke the mic till the screen and we stop that Cash, we conveniently got that Yo, my six beers, this shit is just Canadian healthcare Been popping Belvedere's as Mr. Belvedere went elsewhere Shit has never felt fair, but still we up here You had no work ethic, you retire, call it self-care Oh, I just wanna watch my sports shows And parasites say they respect me and Morse code Oh, fuck what else we been doing it Ox under the tongue while it held stale Eucharist Holds the guy choke the mic till it's green to me Stop that, Cash, we conveniently got that Hold the guy's here to choke the mic till it's green to me Stop that, Cash, we conveniently got that Hold the guy's here to choke the mic, we conveniently got that. Bolted dice, here to choke the mic. Cash, we conveniently got that. Higher gun, what? This gonna be a gun. Let it go. I have the money here. I have the $6,000 here. What's good, what's good? It's your boy Shaw Calhoun. Check it in, my man DJ Soundwave for an infinite banter podcast. Hey, when you're done listening to this podcast right here, the Infinite Banter Podcast, go check out my guys, my friends over at the Reddit on Wiki podcast. <laughs> oh my god. John, were you up on Wikipedia all night? John, are you okay? You're you're shaking. You guys. You will not believe what I just read on Wiki. Welcome to Reddit on Wiki, the poorly researched, semi-funny podcast on random stuff we find on the internet. Who, who are you talking to? And why are you shaking so much? Subscribe to Reddit on Wiki on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Sean, I'm scared. Me too, buddy. Me too.
Hey, what's up, friends? It's your boy, Jason Griff. You now tuned in to the one and only Infinite Banter Podcast with your boy, DJ Soundwave. Time for you to leave, assholes. All right, that is Kirk Acevedo telling me to get out of here. And tell Bob from Palos Heights to get out of here. Yeah, tell me to get out of here, too. Country's going down the tubes. Let me get out of here. Uh, before I go, a couple things real quick. Uh, I am going to watch Bloodsport. I have it, you know, on the docket here. I will watch it, do a review on it in the next couple episodes. Uh, you heard in the interview with Zilla Rocca, I, I promoted a little bit. Mark Carrier is going to be coming on the show yeah, right before the season starts. Uh, he's going to do the Bears-Bengals game uh, broadcasting-wise. So we're going to talk to him before the season starts, get his feel on the Bears and the NFL. Talk about the Bears and talk about everything that's going on in the NFL coming up here. Big season, hopefully. Hopefully things are looking good for the Bears and if whatever team you root for, you know, we hope that you guys do good too, except when you play us. Really excited to bring him on. He was on before, known him for a little bit, so he's a really good dude and look out for that one. That should be coming up in early September. And also coming back is The Walking Dead, so by the time you guys play this, we should be about a week before the premiere episode of Season 11, the final season before all the spinoffs. So they're going to do their version of The Jeffersons and... Their version of, uh, I don't know, think of a show that had a bunch of spinoffs. Mork and Mindy from Happy Days or something like that. The Daryl and Carol show will be the Mork and Mindy of Walking Dead. Because Walking Dead would be like Happy Days. I don't know, whatever. Anybody likes sitcoms, you can figure it out. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I don't know if they do that anymore. Do they still do spinoffs? I don't even watch sitcoms anymore, so couldn't tell you. Uh, And also, last thing I wanted to bring up, I was talking about today being Friday the 13th, and I'm a big fan of Jason. You know, if you haven't heard the episode I did with the director, Jason Liz, part six, Tommy McLaughlin, you can go back and check it out. I had a blast talking with him. He was so much fun, and uh, I hope they make another Friday the 13th. I don't know when they're going to do it. It's been over a decade since they've made one. They did that soft reboot in 2009. Hopefully, they do another one sometime in the future. And I know Tommy's working on a movie right now. Maybe I can get him on here again to talk about uh, that movie he's working on when it comes out and oh oh, speaking of movies that are coming out by the way go see respect the aretha franklin movie speaking of past guests and the walking dead our guy joshua michael is in that movie he plays the drummer so definitely go check it out i'm gonna check it out salute to joshua michael and i hope the movie does really big and puts a little money in his pocket so salute for that movie but i wanted to talk about friday the 13th just a couple quick things real real quick here i did watch part six the movie i i was just talking about that i interviewed Tommy mclaughlin that he directed Man, it holds up so well. It's one of my favorite ones. I know a lot of people like different ones, but that's easily my probably my top three or four Friday the 13th movies. And my favorite's got to be part two. I love the potato sack, Jason, with the one eye cutouts. It's definitely my favorite of the series, and it stands out. The first time Jason is actually a killer in the series. Before the mask, that doesn't come until part three. So those who don't really know, he doesn't wear that hockey mask to part three, and that's everything after that is iconic, of course, but... That one definitely is my favorite. Uh, the worst one has to be Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, slightly edging out uh, Jason in space or whatever the heck that one's called. <laughs> Jason X. I think Jason X is the one where he turns to the Nation of Islam and becomes a minister. <laughs> I don't think that's, that's not it. He goes to space and then becomes part of the Nation of Islam. Jason X. I didn't land on Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake landed on me. Well, no, I don't think that's right. <laughs> Jason X, you know, he had the glasses and... Uh, <laughs> a lot of spiritual and uh, motivational speeches for other menacing serial killers that were drowned in the lake. But yeah, Jason Goes to Hell is it's probably the worst of the franchise. I will say the end of it is pretty cool when it has uh, the Freddy glove coming out of the dirt and pulling the mask down into hell. 
It kind of sets up Freddy vs. Jason, which we get some years later, which is actually a really good movie. It still stands up. That whole fight sequence between them. If you just want to watch the last 20 minutes of that movie, you're in for a real uh, real ride. I love that love that flick, man. So, all right, that's it for the Infinite Banter podcast. Salute to my guy, Zilla Rocka. Go check out his album, Vegas Vic, Don't Sleep. Check out the show on all digital platforms, specifically on Spreaker, but everywhere else you listen to the show, any other podcast uh, outlet you listen to, the show is there. Go on YouTube. Type in Infinite Banter. Check out past clips from past guests. Follow the show on social media at Infinite Banter Podcast. And definitely go on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. Rate and review the show. Let me know what you think of me. Ain't bad for Baylor's Heights. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. Let's play one last track from Zilla Rock. This might be my favorite song on the album. Wreck Havoc featuring Shrapnel. Man, it's a straight banger. That last verse is just going for the jugular couple references to juice just straight heat here we go let me stop talking let's get into it salute one more time to zilla rocka go find that album vegas vic it's available on Bandcamp, and it's just a straight banger he's got vinyl he's got cassettes man don't sleep vegas vic from zilla rock this album is a banger all right let's get into it thanks for checking out the show this is wreck havoc from zilla rocka featuring shrapnel from his new album vegas vic and until i do another one of these episodes i'm out hey asshole get off the road my experience if you learn how to count cards. Yo, 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 yo. Psst, stay away from blackjack. Yo, we, we, we split around and do shit. But at the end of the day, it's crew love. Ah, wrecking crew. Yo, fuck them. Let's go. You can't breathe around here, boy, it's hell with the let off Payday loans, hoping your lawyer help you get off Predatory lenders, hoping that you live long, live on Live long, all this wild hot shit no longer that we sit on You talking spicy whenever you get your drink on You just apprentices, you got you gassed up You too sensitive, your hometown never show love About to blow the horns on you like M.O.P Just be a father to your child like Ed O.G You ain't fucking with Z or my W.C You embarrassed in your past like the W.B. Yo, yo, motherfuckers ain't got no grit You just teenage poetry, martyrs without causes The best rappers done came from out the orphanage You independent you were turned down by corporate shit get your wig split yeah all that money you burned through not a dollar was earned dude something don't fit like a david Burns suit i document the pilgrim's progress malt liquor sidewalk early one morning see me on my dylan thomas clairvoyance addict steve's my writer friends wrong side of the body speaking live from the lines then says a dial click i suggest you try again try again motherfucker try again use a bro coder Rehab your image through old culture I buzz about any of the Noma is still yeah, a vulture yeah, You're hiding something yeah, like Dolezal nah. It's awful not like JFK Dallas motorcades Got something in your throat Say it hit from the I told y'all, volunteer for the summit like whole school I feel like the Kembe, the way I scold y'all, bold y'all Easily can hold y'all like the Shembe The flow is Calvin Boulder, sitting lotus That's the modus operandi Play within the end game, hold the pen straight Like real straight, real straight William Tail End Stick em, ha ha ha, stick em Blicky in the sticky, now you playing victim? Summers wreck havoc and rock gazelles Crimson Dominion Over when records in the building Never bring B-R-O-O-K-L-Y Into something wicked coming this way Can't made by a wicked seek souls to persuade But nah, so Medusa, we just smoke it to the face From that I take my lead, half bishop of the crew Half crazy blades to ride him and still shot him in the zoo Half fake, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool Fuck you too, half shake, copping from a Jake and never Heard J. Ru, ain't no man above crew. Ski mask, Raheem knew. Dead MC behind the building, I was D.
TJM with you Say less was addressed, no more company of fools So funny how it's funny, now the company is cool Got me upset, sick of these crabs, can't kick it All addicted to rhyming, I'ma stick them in rehab Got me upset, sick of these crabs, can't kick it All addicted to rhyming, we gon' stick them in rehab Got me upset, sick of these crabs, can't kick it All addicted to rhyming, I'ma stick them in rehab Got me upset, sick of these crabs, can't kick it All addicted to rhyming, we gon' stick them in rehab Being on the Infinite Banner with my man Mark has been a pleasure. <laughs>